Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm an experienced registered yoga teacher with over 15 years of teaching experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher, one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and confidently so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. I strongly support and value the uniqueness of all individuals and provide a safe community where diversity is embraced. Through my mentorship and signature program called the Blueprint Learning Program, I help yoga teachers build their skills in the area of learning anatomy, and along with that, help them learn important business skills and personal development ways of being that will transform them into purpose-driven teachers who make a big impact. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. For more information and to get on the wait list for any of my programs, see my website, barebonesyoga.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 189. So I'm recording this on June 13th, 2022. And as you probably know, if you've listened to this podcast more than a few times, I always record and post on Mondays. And some weeks I actually do more than one episode. So if you're uh, listening to this Monday episode, um, you might not know that I posted an episode on Friday. And uh, so you can go back and catch that one. That one's actually kind of cool because I was inspired to do a little personal development exercise around the cost of an action. And um, that's a concept that uh, my business coach actually shared with me in terms of how I can be thinking of that with regard to myself and what are some of the things that I'm not doing and what is it costing me? And so I, I sort of repurposed that business concept into something that you can think about as a yoga teacher. So if you haven't caught that episode, that's 188, you can go back and catch that. And that'll be a fun exercise to do. It's definitely one you're going to want a pen and paper for, because there's a little, uh, not a pro con sheet, but a little bit of um, a writing out of different options and it'll make more sense when you listen to it. So I want to start out this episode, especially if you're listening to it at the beginning of this week, uh, just to let you know, I'm going to be holding classes, virtual classes, as I always do every week. This week, they will be Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I'm always trying to pick different times of the day to have these classes so that if you live in different time zones, you can hopefully find a class that meets your schedule. I have definitely got, um, I, I definitely have people in Europe and other countries outside of the United States that join. So I know that they're typically five hours ahead of me. I have some people in California, people in the middle of the United States. So you can pretty much expect that there'll always be a class in the morning, a class in the afternoon, and a class in the later part of the afternoon, which typically works for people who live on the East Coast. So if you're looking for something that you don't see in these weekly classes, either in terms of a time or format or anything along those lines, just drop me an email or a DM on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. And if you haven't been to any of my online classes and you'd like to, 
except there's something that's holding you back. Can you DM me and let me know what that is if you feel comfortable sharing that? I'd love to be able to, um, you know, maybe talk to you about it or if it's something that I can adjust, I'm happy to consider it. So I just want these free virtual half hour classes to be something that's really, really easy for people to join. And I especially want you, if you're a yoga teacher, to be able to attend because number one, it's, it's so important that yoga teachers have a regular time to practice. And number two, think of it as if you had a way to virtually just meet up with other teachers, what would that do for you? What would be possible for you? Would it give you a way to connect with teachers, chat with them? Would it help you feel more connected? Would it give you an opportunity to ask some questions? I mean, I'm always happy to stay after class and um, answer questions that you have. So, and plus these virtual classes, I mean, honestly, I feel like they're more comprehensive than the classes I did in the studios for all those years. And the reason is I have the ability to really change the format to whatever I think would be helpful for people. And I never had that kind of freedom in the studios. And then the other thing is I have the skeleton right there. And I also have the ability to really interact with the students in the class in a much more intimate way than I did in the studio. I know it sounds kind of weird because I'm not in the same room with people. However, what I found is that people are a little bit more willing to chat and share. And I really didn't see that when I was teaching in person, people pretty much popped in, did the class and left. And it was sort of rare that people would linger and, and talk a little bit or ask questions. And so, you know, this is just yet again, another strange um, side effect of everything that we've shifted because of the pandemic and a way that you can potentially look at it as an opportunity. So again, I've said this before, if you are hesitating uh, to teach online because of some perception that you have, I would definitely encourage you to start. And maybe it's not the only thing you do. Maybe you do, of course, continue to teach in person. However, maybe it's something that you do once a week. And similar to what I've just shared in that you have so much freedom to do whatever you want. Think about what would be possible for you if you could do that. You could teach the style you want. You could use the cues you want. You could create sequences, whatever it is that you want. You could bring in different props. You could use myofascial release tools. You could you know, buy a skeleton and integrate uh, some anatomy lessons into your classes. You have total freedom because you're not working for a studio that wants to put out a particular style and you have to adhere with that. And so definitely, if you're at all uh, feeling like you wanna do it and you're not sure how to begin, please send me a direct message on Instagram or email me and let's get on the phone and let's talk. And, and just along those lines, did you know that you can book a call with me anytime you want by just visiting my website? Yeah, you can do that. I do these complimentary sessions with teachers and all you have to do is just go to barebonesyoga.com and right on the homepage, you'll see a button, book a call with me. And I offer that as a chance for you to connect with a mentor, not that I'm saying I'm your mentor, but to connect with a teacher, uh, a senior teacher, and to ask questions and to, you know, kind of use that platform for, not platform, use that call 
however you'd like, however you think it would be helpful. If you've got a business challenge you're dealing with, if you've got a sequencing question, you have an anatomy question, you're feeling a little stuck, whatever it is, that is not something that's typically offered to teachers. It's sort of a solo venture and we're all sort of out there floating around on our own. That's why I love when I get emails from teachers because it really shows someone's taking the initiative. They're not sort of staying in that stuck place and they're reaching out. And so I wanna let you know that you can always book a call with me just by going to the website and you'll see the link is there. So today what I wanted to do is I wanted to go over some questions I've seen in a Facebook group for yoga teachers. And you know, it really is interesting to me. I just recently uh, was invited to this group by another person and um, I'm actually not in any Facebook groups, which is maybe kind of strange. I have a Facebook group. If you're not in it, it's the Bare Bones Yoga Anatomy Work Group. Uh, I have over 2000 members in there. And one thing I will say, if you're in the group, can you post a comment in there or post a question? I just find it baffling that the group has not a lot of interaction. I post in there at least weekly. And I always wonder, do people see these posts? I can say though, since I've been in this other group, um, I have seen a lot of activity and it's given me a sense of just in general, the kinds of questions that teachers have, and they're really all over the map. And if you're a yoga teacher and you're like any of these teachers that I'm seeing, there's just so much of a need for mentorship out there, so much. And to be quite honest, some of what happens when you're in a group like this is you get so many divergent opinions. You could have one question posted about what's a good way to cue for blah, blah, blah posts. And you're gonna get like 25 answers. And that doesn't really help somebody. I mean, it's maybe on some level good to get a lot of feedback. Really though, what this just short period of time in there has, has shown me is that Teachers need mentorship. They need direction. They want direction. They have questions. And so if you're out there and you're listening and you've got questions, I want you to know that I am here to support you. And all you have to do is step forward and ask your questions. So definitely know that um, that kind of goes back to the book of call with me thing that I just mentioned. So what I did for today's episode is I just pulled a couple of themes that I saw, not specific questions. I don't want to, you know, hijack from the group, but just general themes that I saw that I think will potentially be relevant to you because this is, again, just a sweep um, of just general high level things that teachers ask. So this will be a little bit like, have you ever seen those ask me anythings when people go online and they just kind of open up their Instagram to uh, be on, on Instagram live and people just ask them questions. So just think this might be a question that you have um, and we can just go through some of these and, and see if we can get some of these topics covered. So uh, one of the things that came up that I saw was what, what is the biggest, what are some of the biggest struggles that teachers face? And I think when I think about this, I don't, I mean, I guess I can think about it from my own perspective. However, what might be more helpful to you here is to just have me share, since I do talk to a lot of teachers all over the place, uh, I do see some common themes. And I also think it's kind of interesting that these themes are pretty agnostic with respect to where you live. Like, 
meaning it really doesn't matter where you live. As a yoga teacher, there are some really similar threads from the teachers I speak to that, that I hear. And so one of them has to do with not really feeling like you understand the why behind the cue. And this is definitely something that I've talked about a lot. And I think every time I hear it from a teacher, it becomes clear to me how important it is to really work with teachers to help them understand the anatomy behind the cue. That whole idea of using cues when you really aren't sure of the reason for them is one of the biggest ways that you cut into your confidence. And so that's one of the themes that, or one of the struggles that I hear about a lot from teachers. Another more practical struggle that I hear about is just not being able to find work, you know, and, and that sometimes has to do with what the teacher is doing to actually find the work, like what are the activities, the specific activities they're doing. And other times it has to do with just the reality of what's happening right now in the industry in that there just aren't as many uh, studios open. That means there aren't as many teaching slots open. And so that's more on the business side. And, you know, for those of you who listen to this podcast and know me from my Instagram, my TikTok, and know, of course, that I spend a lot of time talking about the anatomy. Did you know that I also, my first book was about business, running a yoga business, not a studio, but as an independent teacher. Yes, my first book is called Stretched, Build Your Yoga Business, Grow Your Teaching Techniques. And you can get it on Amazon. And it was the first book I wrote. And I wrote it because I didn't want teachers to go through a lot of the ups and downs that I went through in my first like 10 years as a teacher. And at one point it got so bad, I was $30,000 in debt. And maybe I'll do another podcast episode just about that particular experience and some of the themes in the book. Um, so this whole topic of finding work definitely falls into the business category. And, you know, that's another area where I have a lot of ideas to support you. So just keep in mind, if that's a struggle that you currently are facing, um, you can definitely reach out to me and I can help you with that. So that's another thing. So, you know, the cues, understanding the why's behind the cues, uh, finding work as a teacher. I think the third thing I would put in that category, and this is something I hear from teachers a lot, is just that challenge with feeling authentic when you teach. Just that ability to feel like you're yourself, to feel comfortable, to feel empowered, to feel confident, you know, to really feel like you are in the right place doing what you were meant to be doing. And that's a little bit of a trickier thing to get at because it really involves getting uh, into some of the self-limiting beliefs that you have, you might have, and really moving past them. And, and this is where working with a mentor can really help because I can say from my own experience, I would have never been able to work through some of the self-limiting beliefs I had uh, unless I had worked with a mentor. And you know, I can even share on a personal note, over the past couple of days, uh, I've really, I really, actually probably like a week, the past week, I really was falling into a little bit of a negativity trap. And it had to do with, you know, just some things around my schedule have just not been allowing me to sit down at my desk as much as I want. Um, I had a little foray into a little bit of a side venture that didn't actually work out. And I was a little disappointed about that and sharing about both of those scenarios 
with some people in my life, I wasn't getting what I perceived as the support that I wanted. And it was really in that moment, honestly, yesterday that I realized I'm the only one that I can depend on to shore myself up when I'm feeling down. And, you know, I think on some level that might sound a little depressing, like, oh, well, don't you have anybody in your life that you can confide in that's going to give you a pep talk and support you? And to that, I would say, yeah, I do. But ultimately, and this is something that I I just share to see if maybe this resonates with you or to see if this is of interest to you, um, especially if you're going through any struggles right now, just this ability to be able to talk yourself out of a downward spiral. And this is definitely something that I learned in working with a mentor and a coach is that ability to really, and it's, it's kind of a, a neuro, uh, uh, not neuro-linguistic, a, a little bit of neuro-linguistic, but a neuroscience technique to be able to catch your thinking when it goes into negativity and to be able to call yourself out on it and bring yourself back to write yourself like you're writing the ship. And that was really what I did yesterday. I really spent the bulk of the day, you know, just saying to myself, you know what, look, Karen, you're the only one that you can depend on ultimately. And so you want to be able to talk yourself into a more positive mindset than allow yourself to feed that negativity. And I did that over most of the day yesterday by picking activities that really filled me up and by sitting down and really being powerful and planning for this week and how I'm, how I am going to take control of my schedule and sit down at my desk more. And I carved out time in my schedule so that I'm able to do that. And so with that, I woke up this morning feeling so much more empowered and able to kind of hit the ground running. So I just share that, you know, as a way to kind of connect back to that third challenge uh, or struggle that I hear about from teachers around being authentic and how a lot of that lives in believing, feeding these self-limiting beliefs and that your ability to be able to write your own internal ship is so important and it doesn't happen overnight. And it oftentimes isn't a skill that we can build on our own. We need to work with someone else who's skilled in this area to show us the way. So that's what I would say for biggest struggles teachers face. The second thing is, um, the second topic I saw in a number of different places and I've heard about from teachers as well is just different things around cueing, specifically what are some different cues that you can use. And I think this is, this is a legitimate question because I, I can certainly say for myself, sometimes I get sort of into that mode of feeling like, or I have felt like uh, I'm using the same cues over and over again. And this ties back to what I said earlier, because when you truly understand movement, And I always say the understanding of movement in general lives in understanding anatomy. And when you truly understand the key concepts of anatomy, that allows you to change up your cues in multitudes of ways. It's when you don't understand the anatomy that you're simply repeating what you were told to say or what somebody else said that you're repeating. 
And this is a really different experience. And this ties to that other thing I mentioned about being authentic, because how can you be authentically sharing when you're just repeating things? You can't, you can't, that's like a ventriloquist. I mean, on some level, yes, that is a place to begin. You're a newer teacher, you're, you're sort of deferring to the mentor you worked with when they say these are the cues that you should use, you're going to use them. And, and that's okay. It's when you don't take the further steps to really understand the why behind what you're saying that you're then just kind of abdicating. You're giving up your power to somebody else. And so if you're looking for ways to use unique cues, it's not about like, I could probably give you 20 unique cues you could use, but if you don't understand the why behind them, what good is it? It's just hijacking a bunch of cues from somebody else. So honestly, what I would say to anyone who says to me, I really want to use some different cues. I'm kind of bored with the cues I'm using. Well, you can't start from there. That's like starting from the icing on the cake rather than going back to the recipe of eggs and flour and butter. You got to go back to the recipe. And the recipe here in this metaphor is understanding the anatomy, especially if you want to use unique cues, especially, you know, I always say as a newer teacher, use action cues, use action cues, action cues are the best way to connect with your student because they don't require a lot of mental energy on your students part to understand them. So instead of trying to look for unique cues, why don't you just freaking embody the powerful action cues that you know you can share confidently? So that's what I would say to that. Um, another question came up, and this comes up every once in a while, even in the fitness space, uh, and it had to do with uh, aligning the knee over the heel. Why is that important? And what about in something like a yogi squat? where the knee is definitely moving past the heel. And see, this brings up a perfect um, scenario or concept that you know I think is helpful to share with you, which is when we focus on a particular shape from an alignment perspective as being good or bad, it only puts us in a pickle when we realize that particular shape, if we've classified it as bad, shows up in other poses. And then we're kind of thinking, well, why is it okay in this pose? And this is why it's really helpful. Again, when you understand the anatomy, you can appreciate more that there really isn't anything that's bad. It's really a matter of looking at all the factors involved and looking at the particular movement or shape in the context of, in this case, the yoga pose, to determine what's the best situation or scenario or alignment for this particular pose. So for instance, if you have someone in crescent lunge or warrior one, it's helpful to have the kneecap, the patella facing straight ahead and stacked over the heel. That number one is baked into the alignment of the pose. It's not baked into the alignment of the pose to have someone in crescent lunge or warrior one with their knee way past their heel. It just isn't. Now you can certainly say, well, there are people that do it that way. Yes, it's just not in the alignment of the pose. So you can correct that student just by virtue of the fact that you understand the alignment of warrior one and crescent lunge, 
is knee over heel. Now, if you want to say, well, what's the reason for that? Well, you can make a case for the stability of knee over heel because the joints are stacked. And that's sort of been a, a line of logic that's been out there for a while. And you can definitely hang your hat on that. I mean, there's nothing to say that that's not an incorrect rationale for why you want the knee over the heel. You have more joint stability because your joints are stacked. Think about plank versus downward dog. It's not that downward dog is bad for the shoulders because now the shoulders are not aligned over the wrist. It's just that when you're in plank versus when you're in down dog, the emphasis is different. When you're in plank, it's much more of an emphasis on shoulder stability. When you are in downward dog, it's more of an emphasis on shoulder flexibility because now the lats are stretching because in uh, because the purpose of the lats or the function of the lats is shoulder extension. When you're in downward dog, you're in shoulder flexion. So you're building more joint flexibility in the shoulders in down dog. So this is again, where it's not bad one way or the other, you have to look at the whole picture as a package in context, as they say. Now, if you do have someone push their knee past their heel in crescent lunge, potentially, and this is again, depending on the person, but potentially you can have that person feel a little bit of pressure in the knee or somewhat strain in the knee because the knee capsule is, there's a little bit of pressure there as you press past that stacking position. And this has to do with the structure of the knee that you have all the heads of the patel, all the heads of the quadriceps inserting at the patellar tendon, which connects to the knee cap. And so it's a little bit like a pulley system with like the one little space or one little spot where all these parts of the rope that wrap around the pulley kind of converge right at the patellar tendon. And so you can sort of make a case that it's not great for the knee cap itself to have a little bit of excess pressure on it when the knee goes past the heel. Um, you can also make a case for as the knee goes past the heel, it might move laterally or medially, and that might strain some of the ligaments on the inner or outer part of the knee. So all of these things are not in one isolated case a problem. It's just over time, they can become problematic. Now, of course, if you look at a posture like um, yogi squat or just a standing squat, the toes are turned out, the hips are in, in external rotation. And that's part of the pose that's baked into the posture that we are having people have their knee go past their heel. So this is again, something where in that situation, you wanna take a look at are the knees falling inward and instead you wanna push them a little to the outside. You don't want the kneecaps falling inward. And this is sort of the same thing. If you have someone in a yogi squat you want their kneecap to be centered as you look at the knee head on. If you look at someone in yogi squat and their kneecaps are, are kind of directed inward, that is potentially a sign that their external rotators at the hip are not strong enough to keep the um, external rotation at the hip. And remember the knee's gonna follow what the hip's going to do. So this is just a little bit about that knee over heel scenario. I know this is probably a lot to discuss in a podcast, so I'll do 
this is actually a good topic for an Instagram reel video. So I'll do a video for, for you on Instagram in the next week. Um, the other question that I, there's a lot of questions that come up and, you know, this is, these are conversations I have definitely have with teachers and this falls more into the business category, which has to do with charging for services. What should I charge? Um, should I charge people I know, especially in these times as people are teaching in their backyards or they're teaching at different neighborhood events or they're teaching their neighbors or friends? And there's that question about, is it appropriate to charge for my services when the people know me or when it's in my neighborhood, that kind of thing. And then there's just that general question of what should I charge, which really gets to what am I worth? Now, this is you know, definitely a bigger topic than I can just cover here in this episode. What I will say is, you know, it's kind of like when I was giving the example earlier of unique cues, and I was using that metaphor of baking the cake, and you got to really go back to, you know, what are the ingredients to make the cake? It's the same thing here. Before you think about what you're going to charge, you have to kind of go back a step and say, well, what am I worth? And also, to a certain extent, kind of factor in a little bit of market forces and, and a little bit of market awareness in terms of what generally our teachers charging. Now, you don't necessarily have to charge the same thing. It's just helpful to kind of have that as a little bit of a, 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 a um, parameter that you're looking at. So once you start with the worth conversation, because honestly, if you had a strong belief in your value and your worth, you wouldn't even be asking the question, should I be charging my neighbors? Because you probably would just be charging your neighbors unless you made a very intentional decision to do it pro bono for a specific reason. Like for instance, let's say there's a community event in your neighborhood and you're gonna teach a family yoga class and it's a one-time event and you just wanna do that for free. Even if the organizer offered you money, you wanna just do that pro bono as a gift to the community or as a, as a way to be of service, that's fine. However, if there's an ongoing event in your community on a weekly basis, and you're going to be teaching yoga there on a weekly basis, that's definitely not something you should be doing for free. And if you are feeling conflicted about charging for your services, that tracks back to, do you value yourself? Do you think you're worth it? What is your value? Do you believe in that value? I mean, when yoga teachers say to me that they're accepting $15 for a class or they're charging $25 for a private yoga session, there's something not right there in what the teacher believes their value is. Because if they believed in their value, they definitely would not be charging $25 for a private session. So again, this is a bigger discussion and this really does track back to things that I talked about in my first book and I can do another episode on this. Just take some time, if any of this is hitting home for you, just take some time to think about what's the value of what I'm doing? What's the value of what I'm offering? What am I offering somebody? And just think about the value of that. Because when we teach yoga, we're offering people access not only to a physical practice, but a mental practice as well. And there's tremendous value there. I mean, you wouldn't think twice if you went for a massage to drop 125 bucks plus tip. You wouldn't think twice if you went to a nice place to get your hair done, haircut, whatever, 
and spend a hundred bucks or 60 bucks plus tip. You know, these are all service type industries. And to a certain extent, we can put yoga teaching into that category. And so again, you know, there's a value to what you're doing. And then there's market forces. And, you know, so some of that comes into play, but think about if you're feeling any kind of struggle around that, go back to the value part. And this is again, where working with a mentor is so important. See guys, there's just, there's so much that I know comes up for you as you're out there teaching. And it sort of breaks my heart that teachers are out there just kind of trying to mull all through all of this. And when I look in that Facebook group, that's what I see. I see a lot of confusion. I see a lot of searching. I see a lot of asking. And I don't see a lot of teachers who really have a high degree of confidence that they're in the right place. They're doing the right thing. They're approaching it the right way. And to me, it really is a lack of confidence. And oftentimes a lack of confidence comes from not having experience. And so some of that's okay because you're in a learning mode. However, I also see it in teachers who have experience. And a lot of this is just a reflection of the yoga industry is kind of like the wild, wild west. There's just not a lot of structure to it. You know, you could ask one question of 50 teachers and get 50 different answers. And so, you know, this is part and parcel. If you're listening to this and you're a newer teacher and you're feeling overwhelmed because of this factor, it's okay. It's, it's part of what's sort of baked into the industry. However, you can remedy the situation. You can work with a mentor, you can get some guidance. And ultimately, what I always say to teachers is have a rationale for what you're doing. Have a rationale for what you're doing. Have a rationale for the sequences you create. Have a rationale for the cues that you say. Have a rationale for the rates that you charge. When you have a rationale, there's a connection between what you're doing and why you're doing it. It's when teachers just start to go out there and just do willy nilly based upon what they heard in some Facebook group or what somebody told them to do, that doesn't make any sense. Once you have a rationale, it connects the two. So it makes total sense with, in terms of what you're doing. It doesn't mean you're never going to change your approach. It just means that you have, if someone says to you, why are you charging this? Or why are you using this cue? Or why are you starting us in on our back rather than in child's pose, like the hundreds of other classes I go to? You can say, well, this is why. Well, this is why, well, this is why. And it's grounded in something, grounded in anatomical knowledge, grounded in business knowledge, grounded in experience. And that in a lot of cases is where the confidence comes from because you're anchored, you're internally anchored to something. Right. It's kind of like when I was talking about over the past week, how I've been feeling a little flustered and frustrated. Yesterday, I anchored to my internal state and that that allowed me to kind of anchor the boat. All right. So we are at the end of today's episode. I just want to close by saying, number one, 
all of this stuff that we're talking about today, all of this is covered in my program, the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program. And even though it's about anatomy, of course I get into the business aspects with teachers. So all of what we're talking about here is covered in my program. And you know what would be possible for you if you had a mentor walking you through all this? Would that open doors for you that aren't open right now? And then the last thing I want to say is I'm going to give you a sneak peek. I've kind of sneak peeked this over the past two episodes. I'm preparing to do um, kind of a soft launch of my new offer. And I want to ask you if you've heard about my program and you've been hesitating to enroll from a financial perspective, you're not sure you're ready or able to invest in yourself at the level of of what my program costs, which right now it's $1,997. Although I will say when teachers reach out, reach out to me and they uh, ask questions about the program, they're motivated, I oftentimes give them an, a discount incentive to enroll. Uh, however, what I've recently done, and the offer is actually out there. Uh, however, I haven't really pulled together a formal offer to share with you, which I will be doing over the next week. However, what I've done is I've added a membership option, and this is sort of a light version of the program, which will only give you access to the course and monthly workshops. And because it's a membership, it's a monthly fee. So it's $59.99 a month instead of the $1,997 price tag. Now, the difference, though, is when you invest in the full program, you get everything. You get the practice portal, the coaching calls with me, and the coaching calls are really the game changer. The anatomy manual and access to the course. You get lifetime access to the course. You get anytime email support from me. When you're in the lighter version, the membership version for $59.99 a month, you're just getting access to the course and monthly workshops. So as I mentioned before, I'm not going to do these kind of monthly workshops anymore where I teach content uh, in the way I've been teaching before, uh, because I feel like that's just sort of confusing things in a way. It's just like constantly keeping you all, keeping you in this free content wheel. If you want free content, it's just going to be mini lessons. And that's why every day I do an Instagram reel. Every day I do a TikTok video. And so between here on the podcast and those places, that's where the free content lessons lie. So if that fits where you're at right now, that's cool. You can get free content in those places. If you want monthly workshops, that's going to be just for teachers enrolled in my program, either as a full enroll, enrolled teacher or a membership option. Now, if you want to join the membership right now, you can do that, $59.99 a month. And over the next week or so, I'm going to be pulling together the schedule for the monthly workshops that will be available. And you can kind of think of that as ongoing continuing education. I'll have an ability to take a deeper dive and it'll make more sense to the teachers in that program track because you're also going to have the course to look at. So when you go to these workshops and you get the deeper dive, you'll have the support of the course that literally walks you through learning anatomy in a step-by-step -step way. So you can enroll at any time. 
I don't do it in a launch way anymore because I want you to be able to enroll when you are ready. I don't want you to have to wait for me to launch my program, which is sort of counterintuitive. A lot of people out there with digital products, they hold back, they hold back, they hold back, and then they go, enrollment's open. And I have done that. What I've decided to do now is it's kind of like if you have a crying baby, you want to know what the solution is right now. You don't want to have to wait for that person to launch their program about how to stop a baby from crying. So when you are ready, that program is, is there for you. And so that means right now, right now, today, you could change your circumstance. You could enroll in the membership option and you'd just be paying $59.99 a month. Now you'll only have access to the course as long as you're a member. So on some level, it's probably a better financial deal to just invest in the whole thing outright and know that if you reach out to me and if we have a chat and I get a sense of where you're at, I'm going to give you an incentive to enroll, which means a discount. So this is again why it just makes sense if you're on the fence or if you're motivated, if you know that you're in a, a bind right now, if you know that you're worth more than you're currently doing and getting as a teacher, if you want to reach more people, if you want to help more people, if you want to get the word out, now's the time, people. Now's the time. Don't wait. There is always a cost to doing nothing. There's money cost and there's internal personal cost. So with that, we will end this episode. I'm super psyched that you were here with me. And if you're still listening, I wanna really thank you, thank you for sticking with the, uh, the episode until the end. If you have questions, feedback, comments, send me a DM on Instagram. You can always email me, but I love the, D, uh, the DM on Instagram uh, thing as well. And that's it. I uh, hope you enjoyed this. I look forward to talking with you. Uh, I know it's one way. However, again, leave a comment. Let me know what you think. And I'll see you on the next episode of Conversations for Yoga Teachers. Namaste. Hi there. Well, you made it to the end of the episode and now you're listening to the outro, which is amazing. Thank you so much for staying all the way until the end. So I want to just let you know that I just the other day put on my website on the events page, a really cool and short, it's like 20 minutes recorded workshop that I've done. And it covers how the topic of how to provide effective cues. And this is something that I get asked about all the time. So I wanted to do a special recorded webinar workshop that you could listen to, you can watch because it is uh, an actual visual workshop as if you were there with me in the studio, uh, or you could just listen to it. I think it's going to be better if you actually watch it. So how you get to this is super easy. You just go to my website, which is barebonesyoga.com. And on the events page, you're going to see the schedule for the events I'm holding on any particular month. And right on that page, you'll see a link to watch the automated webinar. And I like to call them workshops because in the teacher world, yoga teacher world, that's what we call these deep dives we do into different topics. And this one is no different. So just hop over there, barebonesyoga.com, go to the events page, you can watch this uh, webinar that I recently recorded. Here we are in the middle of 2022, and it's got some really cool ideas and strategies that you can use 
to really build your confidence in your cueing. So once you watch that, if you have any questions, of course, just reach out to me and let me know. And I'm happy to hop on a call with you and answer whatever questions you might have. Namaste.